Hi, you're listening to Yeah, They Can't Be Good, a rewatch podcast of the sci fi original series Eureka. Let's get started. Hey, it's Doug with the TV Guide Synopsis. Season 3, Episode 5, Show Me the Mummy. First aired August 26, 2008. A search for a mummy ensues after a famed archaeologist opens the tomb of an Egyptian queen at Global Dynamics. Creators Jamie Paglia and Andrew Cosby, written by Curtis Keel and directed by Ernest R. Dickerson. Thanks, Doug. Hi, this is Vicki, and we're back with Season 3, Episode 5, Show Me the Mummy. I'm here with my co-host, Skip. Hello. How you doing? I am very, very well, thank you. <laughs> so, there is no more artifact. And there is I no more artifact. Very, and if you're a first-time watcher and you were hoping to find out what the artifact was, you're not going to. They're never going to talk about have. it again? Nope. And we don't know what it was, and we don't know where it is. It's dead, apparently. Well, but, it had died. We yeah. all know that. And then they came up with this kind of bold explanation about an Akasha field right. and stuff like that, which and right. I didn't like it, and I'm going to write a letter. Might be too late to change. <laughs> yeah, you to know, change, there was, you know Hindu mysticism mixed in with, uh, you know, but that's the only explanation that we got about <laughs> right. what it was or what, what was there. It wasn't extraterrestrial. Right, and was. that wasn't even, that was just a guess. They yeah. didn't, they never said that's exactly yeah. what it was. So yeah. if, if you're a first-time watcher and looking to find out what the artifact was, you're out of luck. And we, thankfully, will never have to hear about it again, correct? I, they never we, I don't know. Again. We never, yeah, they okay. never mentioned it so. again. But then we are in numerous different timelines. True. You know, so, so maybe. we don't know. The original show and the original timeline. Right, we don't want to spoil anything still be for you. there, yeah. yeah. So all maybe, you have maybe to do you is might enter hear that alternate reality <laughs> and watch the show again. And my first question is, who's running the B&B? Yeah, huh? Nobody knows. <laughs> well, somebody, they get to stay there. So what is yeah. it, just open for random people to just walk in and take a room? Well, there, it could be somebody that we don't see. They just, <laughs> we you know. surely didn't see them, no. Well, you know what? Barlow, running the B&B. Mm-hmm. She was not doing all the stuff herself. True. There's a lot of paperwork involved in running a, a right. small business. And cleaning. Cleaning. Yeah, that's uh, true. You know, Although the, we never the saw any staff. Keep of the house. Right. And the, yeah, we never saw the... See, that's my point. We never yeah. saw the staff. So they're just still there. And we still don't see the staff. Working for free, probably. <laughs> like everybody else is. I know, yeah. right. You right. Know. They only mentioned uh, pay grades, I think, once. <laughs> And, and the they were yes, and it really wasn't even a pay grade. When yeah, that was when they. Actually, that's when you wanted to do the payroll spinoff. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. The payroll. <laughs> okay. The spinoff. The, the GD payroll. payroll. Yeah. Um, department. And the HR department. Right. Yes. There's a lot of HR problems oh, in Eureka. Definitely. And my second question is, what kind of gift is that to give somebody? What? Now, number one, <laughs> listen to me. Listen to me. Bear with me. Okay. You give somebody a logic diamond. Yes. Okay. Number one, he's dead. He didn't know he was going to die before he gave it to her. Right. But now he's dead. So now he's popping up in places and people are thinking they're seeing a ghost. But let's consider he doesn't know that he was going to die. So you're walking through the mall and Nathan pops up. 
Allison, I love you. You're in a staff meeting, and Nathan pops up. To me? That's funny. Where would you ever wear something like that? You're in church, and Nathan pops up. What kind of a mind thinks this is a good idea? Let me give my future wife a necklace where I could just pop up randomly and scare the crap out of anybody else See, who's now, in the... See, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm absolutely convinced he was not going to keep that a secret. <laughs> well, in one of the time loops, he didn't tell her. He put it on her neck. He didn't he tell put, her. Yeah, and so he was going to say so that... So a duplicate Nathan could have popped up during the wedding ceremony. <laughs> Funny, though, right? And then she could say, what did you do? And he said, oh, that was great. Isn't that great? Oh, my God. But I would have said different things. I'll always be there for you. I wouldn't say that on my recording. It'd be more like, Boo. You know, hey, what are you doing? What kind of gift is that? What kind of a mind thinks that's a good idea? You're in the coffee shop and Nathan pops up. Yeah. And it's not like you're the only one who could see him. Everyone can see him. Right. And at the end of the episode, we actually get to hear the whole the whole thing. And he did it like he was going to die. Right when he made when he manufactured it, he did had no idea idea, he was going to die. The speech he recorded after it was, "I'm going to die. These are my last words to you." Right, but he couldn't have known that. He couldn't have known that. Yeah, it's just the way it went. But. I don't know what kind of gift that was. Very what funny. What kind of a mind comes up? Yeah. Well, I don't think he did it to be funny. Though. Yeah, Nathan's not the funny guy. <laughs> no. But that's the first thing I thought oh, of. That, that that would be hilarious. Okay, so my first note is Lexi annoying. So I can't remember what she did. The correct. rearrange of furniture. Yeah. She's doing yoga. She has that the, music. the music blaring first right. thing in the morning. Right. Oh, is you it know? too loud? Yeah, is it too yeah. loud? Well... <laughs> It's good for my pregnancy. Oh, geez. We're going to be one of those. And uh, then we go to Fargo, who's supervising the engraving of Nathan's name on the memorial hallway. I would think that Nathan would deserve more than the hallway. Well, he got a fountain, too. In the hallway. In the hallway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so everything in the hallway. (laughs) Is Nathan. Yeah. Fargo got a wing of the Pierre Fargo wing. Right, right, right. Oh, was it a wing? Yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) <laughs> Nathan gets a hallway. He's a Nobel Prize winner. Yeah. He could have gotten more in the hallway. And um, then Henry does the engraving. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Yeah. Yeah, he, he just does everything. Yeah. Everything. There's got to be something yeah. that Henry says, you know, I hate to say it, but this is a bit beneath. <laughs> I know. When you're finished with that, Henry, there's a mess in that bathroom. <laughs> right. They need you to suit up. Carter gets called to... Help with a protesting scientist, Dr. Wilding. Yeah, their staff archaeologist. Yes. Eva brings in a tomb with some Geraldo-like character. Yeah, Dr. Marks. Yeah. Yeah. Who, you know, a, he's a TV pretend. Yeah, uh, he's a yeah, he's a showman, is yeah. what he is. They bring in a tomb of Queen Nyota. And Dr. Wilding is protesting, number one, that they're disturbing an artifact. Yeah. Air quotes. And <laughs> that there's a warning. There's a warning, there's a curse. So Fargo immediately gets nervous about a curse. Yeah. But Carter has to make a move and let him open it. Yeah. Which is reasonable yeah. for Carter to I mean, do. Well, yeah, you know. There's nothing to prove right. that there is actually a curse or something's going and on. And the it's staff just... archaeologist should have known that. Yeah. Right. It says curse, but you know there's really not a curse. 
It could be mold. It could be something. Okay, well, we do have it in this contained place. Is why they brought it to GD so right. they could open it within the confines of their lab instead of uh, out in the open. Right. I feel like we haven't seen Zane in a couple episodes. Yeah. Although, like I said, I'm recording and everything out of order. Like the episode that is going to publish next on Wednesday yeah. is Maneater. So oh. we're recording way ahead of what's being published. Okay. So I'm getting a little confused. All right. But I feel like we haven't seen Zane in a few episodes. Yeah. So I think he, at this point, Zane is still just a peripheral character. Yeah, I don't think he's a regular yeah. yet. But he's overseeing this whole opening of the tomb. Yeah. And Allison's back to work earlier than everybody thought she should be. Carter decides he should give her Nathan's gift. Well, he has to. He can't keep it. I guess. It's funny that he was carrying it with him since he didn't know she was going to be back. Right. Did he carry it with him every day? He could have. Okay. It's not an unreasonable (laughs) thing, carrying the thing around with him. Yeah, but they assumed she'd be out another week or so, at least. Uh, Well, you know, it's a very emotional time for everyone. I guess. So they open the tomb, and Dr. Marks does his little spiel. And then they have to redo his little spiel because he was out of the light. Yeah. And Eva's just kind of looking for the dollars it's going to bring in. They're going to go on a 3D tour with the... Right. They're going to go on a tour. There's going to be a documentary. Yeah. There's going to be a book. So later, when Fargo is working in the Nathan Stark hallway, hanging up pictures of Nathan Stark, Mm -hmm. he is attacked. Well, he's not even attacked. He's He's, not attacked. He's He's touched from behind with something he's convinced is a mummy. By a mummy hand. But you do see the mummy hand that you do. touches him, so... Oh, mummy. So he calls Carter to investigate. Carter doesn't believe him, but he goes. Carter always goes. Yeah. And while they're investigating, they find Dr. Marks passed out on the floor, and the mummy tomb is empty. So, back in Allison's office, we have the first... <laughs> the first manifestation. of Nathan. <laughs> yeah. Of course, she thinks she's losing her mind, and then it disappears quickly. So she doesn't put two and two together. Yeah. But who would? Who would ever think somebody would give you a gift? Like, I'm not going to get over this gift. Uh, yeah. It's not <laughs> unreasonable for us to assume she <laughs> didn't know. That wouldn't even be a consideration. Yeah. That you could record information onto a necklace. <laughs> right. Like a logic uh, thing. Yeah. You know, a 100% perfect holographic image that appears out of nowhere. Randomly when the light hits yeah. it perfectly. Yeah. You would think everybody would be wearing it. <laughs> Wait, how many Nathans can we have popping up all over the if I was going to make you one, would put your own, you know, yeah, there'd be like your a own image dragon behind me. He's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh no, that. Uh, That's what weird. I mean. Yeah. What kind of gift is that? Yeah, you're great. walking down the street and a dragon pops. Yeah. <laughs> See, <laughs> could you imagine though the streets if everybody was wearing these, if they became like uh, trendy and popular, and there's, there's like there's dancing bears and monkeys with symbols and. <laughs> You know, stuff going on. It's like a big circus walking down the street, all this stuff. Ah, phoenixes flying down. It'd be great. <laughs> and everybody just kind of ignoring them because they're so used to it. I guess. <laughs> the mummy's missing, so Dr. Wilding obviously is going to be a suspect. Jack is kind of leaning towards Dr. Marks because he career. has a reputation of doing stuff like you know he's got a kind of a shady past and but Fargo is adamant that it's the curse yeah. and that a mummy touched him. So then we move on to Pharaoh Palooza. Nice, <laughs> uh, the book signing at part of Pharaoh Pharaoh Palooza while right. he's interviewing the other staff archaeologist. While Carter's there, Fargo finds fish cells. This is where I'm not clear. Well, he finds fish cells. Okay. These fish cells are ancient fish cells, but they were subjected to a certain 
radiation okay. that brought them back, reanimated the cells. Okay. Fargo's logic is that this radiation could have brought the, the mummy back. Mummy back. Okay. That's what I thought, but yeah. it wasn't quite clear. And the fish cells was his proof that something like that was possible. Okay. So Dr. Marks doesn't show up for his book signing. Lexi comes in with her... Oh, my God. Comes in, blasting centaur <laughs> music. This right. is my music. Yeah, I composed it. it. Yes. Here's a CD for everyone. You know we're in the middle of something. It's not all about you, okay? Do you see other people in the room? See all these people? They're not here for you. Right, and that was like in the last episode. Carter walks in. He's bruised and damaged. Yeah. And her and Zoe, when he has to leave... Oh, well, that he can't spend any time with us. He has yeah. to leave. He's bruised yeah. and he's bleeding. Do I'm you going not understand that yeah. something's going on Right. that he has to fix? I'm the sheriff. I don't have time for this right, right. now. Oh, that's how he always is. He never has time. Yeah, work, work, work. <laughs> okay. You're going to be deleted from the universe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have a cup no, of let me just say. Yeah. <laughs> and then he does do that. I know, he does. Well, I guess he was worried that he wasn't going to make it through another loop and everybody be gone. So he does do that. He does yeah. go in to say his goodbyes, like yeah. he said. But he doesn't sit and have a cup of coffee. No. He leaves. Yeah. He just takes he a minute leaves. out of his Busy day. schedule. But that aggravated me, that she came up with the centaur music, blasting it in a restaurant during someone else's book signing. And she's going to pass out CDs. So Carter and Joe go to look for Marks. They go to the bed and breakfast, and we don't see any staff people. But he's in room three, and this phantom staff also told them that he was thirsty. And if you'd paid attention, Fargo was Very starting thirsty, to get yeah, thirsty, drinking, too. Uh, he's drinking water while he's talking right. about the fish guts. And they find him mummified in the bath. In the meantime, Eva comes to Henry with a picture of a lock. But Henry pretty much had enough. He said, what are you looking for? And she said it's classified, so he won't help her yeah. anymore. She's not happy about that. And she says she's going to have to find somebody else to help her. Yeah. So Henry realizes that Dr. Marks died from dehydration. Yes, but not just dehydration. All the liquids in his right. body everything was, was gone. gone. And they say the camera woman's still missing, and then Carter remembers whatever touched Fargo, so he brings Fargo back to the hallway. To the Nathan Memorial Hall. To the Nathan Stark Memorial Hall. Nathan Stark Memorial Hall. And they look in the Nathan Stark Memorial Fountain, and they find the camera woman's body. So she was what touched Fargo. Right. And Allison's in the car at the dehydration tent, or the, I'm sorry, the quarantine tent. Yeah. And Nathan's in the back seat. Yep. Now, isn't it odd that he can sit down in a back seat? I, I would think so, yeah. Unless... Because his face was eye-level to Unless he was forward-thinking enough to record the recording in various positions. <laughs> he did one standing, one sitting, one laying down. Because if like he was various... standing, he'd be above the car. Yeah. Yes, and his face was... His eye-level was perfect to the rear of the mirror. Sitting in the back yeah. seat. So, Nathan's a smart guy. <laughs> We're going to assume that he was forward-thinking enough to record the recording in all different positions. They found the camera woman. Allison's just testy because, you know, Nathan just died and she shouldn't be back at work because she's just yelling at everybody. She says, well, what are the symptoms? And he goes, well, maybe they're very thirsty. I don't think he meant that seriously. And then after he says that, they see Fargo taking the water fountain apart, (laughs) trying to drink the water. So they put him in the... It's not the hospital, it's the, what do you call that? Infirmary? Yes. They put him in the infirmary. <laughs> and they try to hydrate him, but Allison says the more they hydrate him, the weaker he gets. Yeah. But if they don't hydrate him, he's going to die. He's going to die. So now Fargo's in jeopardy of dying. Right. 
and while Henry was doing the autopsy of... He's about to do the autopsy of the camera woman. Okay. And he opens it up, and her whole body just disintegrated into dust. Was it hers that disintegrated, or was it Dr. Mark's? No, it was hers. Okay. We have Dr. Wilding working with Zane to find a cure for whatever is affecting Fargo. And they're trying to find out who else is infected. Yeah. Because right before that, they were still talking about what happened to the queen. Right. She's not there. There's no recording of her leaving. And that's when they show Henry just beginning his autopsy on the uh, camera Camera woman woman. and opens it up. And she disintegrates. And uh, the thing is that the bag is Mm body-shaped. There's a body in the bag, and he unzips it, and there's nothing but powder inside. Good point. I didn't notice that. So Carter kind of gets the idea that that's what happened to the queen. Yes. That she disintegrated and she wasn't missing at all. Because of the hieroglyphics on the wall that somebody said looked like clouds. Yeah. I don't know how he got it in his head that maybe it was insects and not an airborne pathogen. Oh, I know. Allison shows him what's going on in Fargo's body and the bacteria looks like insects. Oh, yeah, the bacteria looks like that. Yes. So How would the ancient Egyptians know what the bacteria looked like? I don't know, but they knew. They must have known the insects were causing the plague. Hmm. They probably didn't look at the bacteria, but they must have figured out somehow. But they were able to draw a representation of the... Well, they looked like clouds, the picture they drew, but they were insects. Okay, yeah. So Carter calls Henry while Henry's cutting open Dr. Marks this time. Well, he has already been doing the autopsy on Dr. Marks. Right. They were trying to figure out, well... You know, she disintegrated into dust, but he did not. And what's the difference? And he has these nodule things Mm -hmm. in his abdomen. They deduced that because he was in hot water. And she was in cold. And she was in cold water. The larvae were able to come out of their larval stage in the hot water. The cold killed them. Yes. Carter's trying to warn Henry. Henry's still thinking bacteria. Henry's not thinking bugs. And then... You have this swarm. Blast! All the bugs come out. (laughs) So, the thing is, this woman just touched Fargo's shoulder, and he was infected. Got infected. You have these bugs flying and landing on people. Why aren't all these people infected? I'm going to say that it's the difference in size between bacteria and a bee. Right, but all she did was touch him. Well, she touched him. Presumably, she was still alive at that point, so she was breathing. You know, she was close enough to him to, you know, you have a cold, your virus is yeah. going to transfer to me. Right. She could have sneezed on him. I guess. So because of this, they realized the bugs, like you said, the bugs right. didn't kill Eileen. The bugs, because of their size, cannot enter you internally unless they right. go they, into so some sort of orifice that you have. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So the bugs didn't kill Eileen, and Carter, like I said, figures out that the water in the... Nathan Stark Memorial Fountain was cold water from the spring or something. And Dr. Marks was in the bathtub, so they must be able to stop him with cold. Yeah. And they put Fargo in the tank, and they lower his body temperature. Yeah. Cryo-freeze. Cryo-freeze. Which killed the bug. Then Fargo almost dies. And he sees Nathan because Allison's necklace goes off again. Henry realizes that it was the necklace because he said she showed up when she let go of her right. necklace. So she knows she's not crazy. Fargo thinks he's dead because he sees yeah, Nathan. Yeah, he sees Nathan. But it was kind of nice at the end when he says to Allison, 
I was dead. I saw Nathan. He's okay. Don't yeah. worry about him. He's okay. He wasn't being jerky Fargo. It was nice dead. of him. Nice yeah. of him well, to, <laughs> to think no, of others while you're dead. Yeah, he doesn't usually say nice things yeah. to anybody. He calls Zoe and tells her to stay home because of the bugs, and she's in Cafe Diem. Cafe Diem with the aunt. With the aunt, who's playing the music, yeah. and they realize that the bugs like the music. My God. So Carter comes up with the plan. Worst solution ever. <laughs> so Carter comes up with the plan that they lure the bugs to the freezer. Using Aunt Lexi's sitar music. Right. Which, so they put the giant speakers... Yeah. I don't think the giant speakers were necessary because if you giant remember, speakers, spe- right? Spencer had those little tiny speakers that yeah. could blow the place apart. But they put the giant speakers in Carl. And That's the car's name, Carl. They right? were attracted to the boombox, the little tiny right. boombox that she was using to play the music. So they put the big speakers in so they could they could hear those five miles away. And he drives to Cafe Diem, and all these whatever they are follow him into Cafe Diem. And they throw the boombox in the freezer. Yep. And Lexi gets mad. And she says, are you crazy? But I don't know what she was getting mad about. I mean, did nobody explain what was going on? She was mad because they were interfering with her. I guess. And what she was doing. Because you would imagine at that point she could have gotten what the heck they were doing. Yeah. Somebody would have told her if she couldn't figure it out for herself. But anyway. She's a terrible person. She's just like a wannabe hippie chick. She's Terrible, terrible person. <laughs> anyway, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> so they get all of the insects into Vincent's freezer, close the door, and Vincent hits, I guess, mega freeze. But yeah. And I guess these bugs are so strong, they're denting the door trying yeah. to get out. Yeah. But eventually they slow down and stop. So the bugs are dead. Fargo wakes up. He's okay. Yep. They solved all Allison's problems. Right. Allison knows that she's not crazy, yep. and it's just the necklace. And Eva goes to Zane with the picture of the lack. Yeah, because and he had mentioned that he likes puzzles. Yes, so it looks like Zane is going to help her, probably with no questions asked. Yeah. Well, that's what Zane does. Yeah. He's a criminal. He has right. criminal undertones. Right, so. and she's his boss, so why, yeah. why you think know, anything... Open this lock. What's in it? Don't bother. Okay. Okay, yeah. Allison finally listens to Nathan's whole message. Yeah. And then does she turn it off or just put it away? Is there a switch to turn it off? So I, I don't know that there is. I think you just put it away. There's a certain frequency of light that makes right. the image appear. Which is my point. You're walking through the mall. Where could Great. you wear that? All like right. I said, I would have done it differently. <laughs> I'm sure you would. But the theory behind it is sound. <laughs> okay. Well, awesome. I'll make sure if you ever give your wife a necklace, I'll have to warn her. Yeah. And that, then all of a that sudden, a dragon could you, appear. You come over the house, <laughs> and then there's a giant clown <laughs> in the yard. Oh, she's wearing a necklace again. <laughs> okay, so that's the end of the episode. Unless we missed anything in your notes. Uh, nope. That's it. Okay. So the moral of the story is don't give any bad logic diamond gifts. Oh, I don't know if I mentioned. Uh, Lex, I hate her. I think you did. Okay. All I, right. well, I just wanted to make sure. I don't sure. know if you actually said it, but I think oh. I got that impression. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Well, now yeah. it's been said. Wait till we get to Captain Eureka. That's probably my least favorite of everything. Yeah. Hater. Not only do I hate her, I think everyone else should. Everyone else should. All right. So we will be back next week with Season 3, Episode 6. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, DC, tell us what's next. Join us next time for Season 3, Episode 6, Feast Confused. 
Bye now. Bye. Bye. Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch or on Twitter at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at EurekaRewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at EurekaRewatch at Gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play.